the 17 year old you if he'd have known what you're about to embark on oh it's 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 mental like when you think about that like unit six for example like their debut was the first cd i ever owned 10 years later i'm sort of sleeping on their bus and having a part of them you're listening to mr winter Hello and welcome to People Do Fun Jobs, the podcast which is all about finding inspiring people doing fun things and hearing how they do what they do. Now you can watch this on YouTube and you can also listen to it and download it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So my guest for episode number four is a ridiculously talented chap. He is a professional videographer and photographer whose work focuses largely on capturing music events in, if I can say so myself, the most colourful, kinetic and exciting ways. Now, his job has taken him on tour with bands such as Two Door Cinema Club, Circa Waves, Yumi at Six and Twin Atlantic. Jordan Logan, welcome. Hello. Hello, mate. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. This is really great. This is exciting. Now, we first met, just to paint the picture, we met two years ago, I think it was. We did, yeah. Stan and Calling. Stan and Calling Festival. I was uh, hosting the main stage and you were there snapping away. Yeah, my first ever photography gig. It's come full circle now. Yeah, you tried to get rid of me. We tried to get rid of you. You've creeped back up, though, and I'm very pleased about it. Now, when we met, I also vlogged that, and that's on my YouTube channel. And you did make a guest appearance on the vlog. Well, your face didn't make it, didn't make the cut. Yeah. You were... In in other ways. You were hidden under a bin liner. Yeah, it's absolutely pissing it down. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I went head to toe in a bin liner, because I didn't want to, you know, ruin my camera on my first ever photography outing. And, uh, yeah, I literally dressed up bin liner and came out and it was sunny and not raining. Yeah, it w- there were storms there. I had to cancel the... I had to shut down the main stage a couple of times oh, God, during yeah, someone's did, set. Yeah, About yeah. three times. I got heavily booed at one point as well. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty. Um, Showbiz, darling. <laughs> but w- when we first met there, I had this idea that you were strictly a photographer. Now, is, is that the case or was that the case then? So... It still is the case. I just I just ventured into video. I think that's what that's what's happened. Because those are two very very different different jobs. Yeah, different different jobs. But also when it comes to touring, it's now and now getting to the point where because it's so saturated, there's so many people trying to get into touring and doing touring. Is that you kind of need to add value to your fee, and the value is that you do both photo and video. Like very rarely, unless you're absolutely insane, you know you have to be at the top of your game to be doing just photo, and. Uh, <laughs> but this is the thing so I thought you were just a photographer and then I started seeing over the last two years amazing footage that you'd captured at, at gigs and you know on tour and stuff like this but your your editing skills are next level oh, I thank mean, you very much it's really impressive stuff so I was very pleasantly surprised to see all that see all this work come out from you Jordan can we touch on your age you're quite young in the in the game oh do I look it yeah, you yeah look I know. It, I know. I look sixteen. On, pa- <laughs> on paper, you are so you you are young too. I mean, it, yeah. I, my birth certificate says I'm twenty. It says but, uh, I'd like to put that in disrepute. <laughs> um, I've just realised I'm, I'm drinking a tea that says the Dad Podcast. The Dad. Uh, po- evidently, I do not have a dad bod. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad about that. When did you get into photography? How did that start? Oh, so I got into it about two years ago, March 2018. I think is when I picked up the first camera. So I went through uh, went through all my photos the other day. So literally just before a festival. Yeah. Before that, you were brought in as a professional photographer. Yeah, I started shooting in March and then suddenly was what, July, August. That's very impressive. Uh, thank you very much. But yeah, I started doing that down at the uh, the good old boiler room in Guildford. 
The boy, I remember the boiler room. You're a sorry boy, aren't you? I am. I have got that. The boiler room, I remember because they had this traffic light system to get. Oh Christ! Yeah. From inside the venue to the smoking area, you, you kind of get locked out of the venue and but locked in from the outside. Yeah, it's like a weird airlock. Yes. Everyone fucking hates it. <laughs> What's the point? Is to keep the sound in? Ah, uh, cut. Yeah, it's all because it's a residential area. Yeah. And there's loads of stuff going on in Guildford at the moment with um like noise complaints. Like the Star Inn League got shut down last year because some twat decided to build a block of flats behind the venue and then start complaining. So it's all it's all sort of to try and keep it a bit quiet. So tell me about the boiler room. How did you get that gig? So I picked up a camera and I didn't really know what to do. I was working at Mark Spencer at the time and I was still in college not knowing really know what to do. So uh, I decided to start taking photos of the boiler room, doing like music gigs and stuff. I was sort of their unpaid in-house photographer. And yeah, they'd, they'd sort of give me photo passes in return for, you know, me turning up in the moment, but I mean, a pint every now and then. That's such a great way to start off your portfolio. Mm. And it's very romantic as well. It reminds me of the, the film with Jennifer Hudson in, right? The, um, oh, um, the journalist guy who's writing for the Rolling Stone. Uh, almost famous. Yes. Like that guy. Like You're like the guy. Tagalong guy. And uh, How old was he? He was a boy. He was a boy, which you were almost. Are you implying I'm a boy, Jeremy? No, you at the time. At yeah, the time, I, mean, I you, was a very young man. A, a very young man. <laughs> so you got that gig in in the most lovely way possible. Yeah. And then what happened? So then, Circle Waves. This is when this whole thing starts turning into a massive snowball. Circle Waves played an underplay tour, and they played like small venues before they played the massive ones. And Boiler was one of the one of the, one of the tour routes. I immediately sent a message to uh, to Lydia who works at the boardroom. I was like, you'll get me on that. You'll get me on that. So they passed my details on to Prolifica, which are the management team behind Circle Waves, Tudor, Unit 6, Twin Atlantic. And yeah, they were like, do you want to come down and shoot it? I was like, uh, yeah. So went to there, shot the gig, and then I sent all the photos over immediately the next day. And then they were like, oh, I really like the photos. Do you want to, do you want to come along and do the next gig? I was like, Yeah. So I went to sound albums, and then first ever song that came on, it was Wake Up, and a pint went flying all over my camera, broke it, you oh, know, battery frazzled. Tragic. Yeah. Tragic. Yeah, I thought I thought my life was over. That's an emotional thing to happen to a young man. Uh, I, I, spoke to, um, I spoke to Jasmine the other day, who works at Prolifica, who was, I was initially speaking to. I was like, oh, do you remember when you invited me down to go to St. Albans and my camera got absolutely fucked? And she was like, oh yeah, I remember sending that email you sent and I just remember reading it and going, you poor fucker. <laughs> I was sake. like, yeah, that was, that, was, that was exactly my emotion as well. I feel like you've got to go through these things though, right? Oh yeah. At the start of your career. They're all, they're all little things you have to fuck up on during the way. Yeah. It's... It's a process. Yeah. It's a process. And the saving up process then and followed. The, and the, yeah. So then what happened after you... So you managed to get to Circle Waves to, to photograph them. Then mm. how did that evolve? It was basically me pestering them for every day for about three or four months, just sending emails going, hey, guys, I'm still here if you want me for April. I think they got just so fed up with me. They decided to shoot me an email going, okay, fine, you're on. They caved. They caved and brought uh, me on the tour. How... I'm interested in this and I think it's quite insightful for people listening or watching to know what what's the line between harassment and just badgering someone politely. Are you asking me uh, how to badger someone and not get a, uh, a uh, restraining order? A restraining order. A restraining order. <laughs> yes. Well, kids, listen in. So, I don't know, there's there's kind of a fine line but there isn't. So, my mentality throughout the whole thing was 
what have you got left to lose? The worst thing that they can say is no. And by the fact I was emailing literally every other day and they weren't replying and they weren't saying no, it was kind of like an open invitation to do it even more. So, you know, if they didn't want me to email them, they would have said no. So I don't feel bad. <laughs> so actually, just keep going, keep sending that email, yeah, keep, keep on up sending the phone. it. Keep on sending it. Just literally send it to every single management company in the UK. Really? I mean, that's just how things work. It's just by sheer dumb luck sometimes. So just don't be afraid of pissing someone off. Just keep going for it. Yeah, I mean, you sending an email every other day isn't going to burn any bridges. The worst that can happen is that they say no. And then that's it. You just go, okay, sorry for, well, thank you for letting me know. That's all there is. That's good to know. So did you study photography? Kind of. So I did did two weeks at college. It was a two-year course, and I dropped out within about two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Why is that? I mean, half the half the year was taking pictures of trees, and uh, about the image and thought behind it, and everyone was bullshitting it. So I was like, I can't be asked. So even then, you knew no, that this no, is like, not what I want to be taking pictures of. Yeah, hundred percent. It was kind of when I picked the photography, it was just I had a spare slot on my A level choice. So I was like, oh, this could be fun. I could piss around in this lesson. <laughs> so I picked that, and I hated it, and then somehow fell into it again. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird. It's a weird line of thought. Okay, how did the process of going from photographer to videographer happen? Where, how did that come about? It was very forced. Go on. So when Circa Waves and their management offered the tour in April, I'd never actually done video. I'd never even gone into the video options of my camera. I didn't even know my camera had a video option. <laughs> that's that's where Amazing. I was at it. I actually had to Google how to get into the video. Wow. And uh, yeah, they sent me an email going, okay, fine you can come but you also need to do video as well me not knowing how to do video I replied going yes of course I've done many videos bit of a white lie bit of a white lie sorry if anyone's listening and <laughs> they were involved in that decision but it went fine it went fine well that's yeah it's an interesting process and oh, then fake it till you make it fake it yeah so fake you're it kind you of blagging it. it is what you're advising us to to consider here no kind of kind of kind of disclaimer Disclaimer, un- unofficial <laughs> advice. <laughs> so let's talk tours then. You went on a tour with Circa Waves. Was that your first big was, tour? Yeah, that was my first big, big tour. It Amazing. was uh, on a bus with, uh, with the Circa Waves and, and all the crew. And was that around the UK? Or? Yeah, it was the UK. So it was Glasgow, London, Nottingham. Leeds, all the places you probably expect. And was that exciting? Oh, unreal, unreal. I did. I did a similar thing. My, you actually are a fan of my cousin's band, Hot Dreams. Remember? Oh my god, yes, uh, Hot he, Dreams. Yeah, uh, he's still making stuff. And Brilliant. I went as their as their driver on tour with them. They supported Palace. Was that when you were doing your videos? I saw. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, did. Yeah. A lot more amateur in comparison to the stuff you're churning out, Jordan. <laughs> but I went on tour with them as their driver, and I vlogged that. It, it, I, I loved every second mm. of it, actually, man. It was it's incredibly tiring. Yeah, maybe because I got the balance of partying and being a responsible driver slightly <laughs> off. Maybe maybe more rest was needed. But how do you generally find tours? Personally, I love it. I know it's not for everyone because it is like it's think think of it this way: you're you are socially engaged twenty four seven. You're sleeping always next to about ten people. You're waking up with ten people. You're always around ten people. And you're always having to be like that sociable person. You're always having to, you know, be talkative and be positive. 
So it can get exhausting, especially if yeah. you're on a long one. Yeah. I love it personally, but I know some people don't like it for those reasons. Yeah. It's just constantly switched on, which is why when you come back from tour or whatever, you just die. Like, what? What? You just what just die. happened? Yeah, you're yeah. in bed for like four days. You don't want to speak to anyone. Yeah. Go yeah. into hiding. Very much like a detox you need. <laughs> Everything. So you you strike me as a bit of an indie boy from what I know of you, Jordan. You, Jer- you, Jeremy, I'm wearing Vans. He's, okay, well, it's official. <laughs> um, he's officially an indie boy. Are you are you ever a fan of, of the bands that you've... Like Circaways, for example. Are you, oh, were, yeah. Were you into them before? They, they have been my top five most listened to artists for the last five years on Spotify. No way. Yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah, I mean... Young Chases, that album was like the soundtrack to my childhood summer. I oh remember driving God. down to Brighton with all my mates when we were like just turned 17 with like that as a soundtrack just blaring. So the 17-year-old you, if the he'd have known what you were about to embark on. Oh, it's, it's, it's mental. Like when you think about that, like Yumi at Six, for example, like their debut was the first CD I ever owned. Ten years later, I'm sort of sleeping on their bus and having a pint with them. That's crazy. But how, how does that feel are you calm and collected are you a bit of a fanboy at first and then you relax into it are, are they they because when you're on tour that's an intense amount of time to spend with someone and a very specific way to spend time with someone mm. do you become mates quite quickly does all the all that nervousness or excitement does that kind of fade and it, it, it becomes your norm yeah you do i think you do have a closer relationship with those people than if you just met them at any other point because touring is quite an intimate thing it's it's very much like a you're in this together like a band of brothers not that i'm sort of relating it to war at all um i'm sure you've got some war stories jordan <laughs> some i'm sure you've got scars all over <laughs> you weren't there man you weren't there um yeah it's definitely a very intimate experience you do you, you learn those things about people very, very quickly. Yeah. And they learn about that you as well. So it's very much like a quite an anxiety thing as well. Yeah. You're learning a lot of people's personalities very, very quickly. It's amazing. You can't, you don't really, you can't interview for a position for that. No. You, you know, you, that's, that's only going to come authentically from that experience, right? Yeah. It's quite a daunting thing. Like when Circos just first happened, it was having to meet 10 people who have all toured with each other for the last three, four years, who all know each other very well, and you're kind of like the new guy. You're sort of joining this exclusive club, and you don't really know how to fit in. It's a very like weird, daunting thing to, to throw yourself into. Mm. I think put that in any other context, it sounds insane. Yeah, absolutely. You've been on tour with... Well, you know what? Why don't you tell me who you've been on tour with? Oh, uh, okay. It's so coming from you, really. The Cirque Waves with their April 1, all their festival seasons. Uh, Tudor, I did their European... UK, US, Twin Atlantic just did their um, album promo one, which is up and down the country. Did like four or five dates of them. Yeah, those, that's pretty much it. So you've travelled the world then, technically, pretty, pretty which much. Which is a bit of a weird thing to say. Yeah. What's, like, what's the the US like? Because that on tour, well, that's that seems like a lot of people's kind of dreams is to do to come is, back with stories yeah. like that. It is the funnest thing in the world. Really, it is honestly, it was it was the most insane experience. Coming back from it, I didn't quite believe that it happened. Like really? even now, it, it seems a bit of a blur. I don't know. I've signed. I've kind of mentally blocked all of it out. <laughs> like I don't remember a lot about it. What's it like meeting fans of the bands around the world? Because you're the one there capturing that. What What's it like seeing the love everywhere? That's the interesting thing. Is like when you're as much as I'm not in the spotlight at all. I still get tagged in all the videos and photos. And so when you I have, know. when you have like followers of like three hundred thousand people. 
you do kind of get recognized. I was coming out of a stage door in Philly. I came out the stage door and there was about 400 people waiting for the band. No way. Or with posters. It was like your typical movie thing. And I was like, okay, this is a bit weird. They're not here for me, obviously. So I don't need to worry. I can just walk through. And they all started cheering and go, oh, it's Jordan the photo guy. And I was no. like, what the fuck? That's amazing. It was the weirdest and most humbling experience. Well, you are essentially like the fourth or fifth band member, I suppose, if you're on tour with these guys, right? You're that close with them. Yeah, you do. You are kind You're not in that spotlight, but you are kind of involved in that sort of very personal thing. I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing to say. It's really hard to put your finger on it. But yeah, to be recognized i think is the, it was the weirdest sort of offshoot that i got from it so otherworldly that is yeah yeah mad and where was your favorite place that you've been Oof. i mean this isn't a travel podcast this is a <laughs> uh to, you know we're getting under the skin of what it's like to be on tour with mm. bands as a as a photographer videographer what what's it what's been your favorite place from that respect oh it's probably new york New York. New York. Yeah, yeah, why New York? Oh, it's just so good. We had three days there, so we had a gig day and then two days off. Because this is the thing with tours—you don't always get time to actually indulge in the in the place that you're in, right? Mm. No, no, not sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes it depends. So, like, obviously, this was part of the album tour, so there had to be set days for promo. So in New York, they had like like a radio day. They had like a day reserved for if they had any things to go on, like podcasts and stuff something fell through so we ended up having a couple of days off that just didn't really go to anything but also everyone just needs a break after like three four gigs you can't really do three four gigs in a row and keep being good and keep being good you need a break yeah so yeah as it happened new york was the most expensive place and they gave us three days off it was it was insane what's been your favorite music venue that you have experienced because you must have seen some pretty fucking cool places now favorite music venue Oh, probably O2 Glasgow. Really? Yeah. I thought you were gonna we were gonna head to the west coast or something, but okay, Glasgow. Word, but Glasgow, Glasgow. It's one of my favourite places in the UK. What's it? The O2. Why? Why do Glasgow? Yeah. Why do you like it so much? Oh, it's just so intimate. It sounds amazing, and Glaswegians can't fault them. <laughs> can't fault them. Went to a bar with Jacob and uh, Jacob and Tudor, and we were like, okay, fuck it, let's go to a karaoke bar. This is like 2 a.m. Yes. Went to a karaoke bar and then went to go buy him a drink and I was sat next to this Glaswegian guy. Did he give you the old, uh, what what do they call it? The Glasgow kiss. The Glasgow kiss. What a punch. I think it's a headbutt. A headbutt. <laughs> oh, that was close. That was close. Um, Physical violence as a form of hello. Yeah, I started chatting to him. I don't think he could hear my accent because of the noise. He went, oh, where are you from? And I went, London. And he went, oh, fuck off. And he just walked <laughs> off. I was like, Wow. <laughs> You're listening to Mr. Winter. I know there's rules as when you're in the pit. Mm. So the the pit, if you don't know, is the front of the stage for photographers to come and take their snaps. They'll be from all over different publications and stuff, but they'll Mm. have sort of three songs that they're strictly tied to taking photos throughout. Mm. So they'll have three songs that they can take all all they can and then they have to vacate. What's it like if you are the band's you know personal capturer mm. are you limited as well in similar ways or are you are you able to capture the whole thing what 
how does it work? I think it definitely depends on the band you're with. Okay. So like some bands really don't care where you go. So like uh, Yumi at Six or Twin Atlantic, they were basically said to me, I was like, look, just run around stage, which is like some of the videos I've got Yumi at Six is quite on stage. You're kind of with them and it looks like you're part of the video from perspective looks like you're actually part of the band. So that's really cool on that concept. Bands like Tudor and Cirque Waves, you know, you don't really want to be running around on stage. You can still come on stage, but you know, you're dressed head to toe in black. So you're kind of like ninjing around. Yeah, it really it awfully depends on, on who you're shooting and what kind of music it is as well. What's it like actually being on stage during someone's performance and working? Because you're, you're there working. Do you, are you aware of yourself? Do you feel, because you're not a performer, but do you feel like, okay, there's tens of thousands or thousands of people here watching. Do you feel like you're blending in with the equipment or do you feel like, fuck, if I better not fall over here or, you know, how, how does that feel? sometimes like most of the time you're like sort of hiding behind amps and the drum riser and you're kind of staying out yeah staying out the way because that's how you want to be like that's sort of it's being professional it's it's being someone who doesn't run around the stage and make an absolute tear themselves but other times no because like okay so twin atlantic a couple of days ago it was during a song and sam brought me up on stage and then i was i was on the stage with him in front of like 300 400 people and a similar thing happened with Circoways at Tramlines. It was in front of about 20,000 people. And he brings me up to the front, <laughs> puts his fucking like hand over my yes. un, o- over my shoulder. And it was like, photograph this. I was like, ah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's where you feel seen. That's where you feel seen. But are you nervous or are you, are you lapping it up? Are you loving it? Initially, like for the first, when that first happened, I was absolutely shitting it. <laughs> like my heart was absolutely racing afterwards. I was like, my hand was shaking. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't understand how how frontman can do that day in and day out. But obviously, it's their job. They've been doing it for years. I was actually having a chat to chat to Kieran about it, and he was basically saying this is why loads of bands drink, and loads of musicians drink is because you have to get over those nerves. It's when you think about it in a different kind of context and put it this fact straight laid out. You're performing in front of three four thousand people at a time all judging you at the same time to have the balls to do that that's that requires a lot of nerve yeah a lot of nerve and but a lot of fresh energy as well yeah and to keep that going for an hour mind-blowing yeah this is so interesting to get it from your perspective rather than actually just asking the performer because you're there sort of you're like a mole you know you're you you've seen it quiet but you just lap up all the all the information that's right what's it like on tour then away from the stage and the performance and your work what's it like traveling or in the dressing rooms and and that kind of thing is there what what is that like see this is is the interesting question it's it's people going do you see goss jordan but everyone's like rock and roll people doing drugs and alcohol it's like no it's not it's card playing and it's, sit-ups. Literally, it's card playing, eating nuts, making cups of tea, copious <laughs> amounts of teas, smoothies. You've had about four so far. I have had about four. This is my fourth mug. <laughs> and we're going to cut in five minutes. I'm going to get another one. Um, yeah, it's could, to think about it, you're around people 24-7. So whenever you get a space of free time to yourself, you take it. And I think that's what everyone does. So off stage, it's recovery and R&R. It's that's mostly what it is. There are fun moments. There are everyone drinking at one point and stuff like that, but it's a lot less glamorous than you think. <laughs> I imagine so. Yeah, I imagine you. I mean, 
for the longevity on you know it's a, it's a marathon not a sprint at all yeah. right so you have to take care of yourself or you're you're not going to last right mm. you're going to burn the candle i think this is a very new concept though with, with this industry i think maybe 20 30 years ago it's completely different industry yeah it was f- pure rock and roll yeah you you do hear the tour stories mm. of Ozzy Osbourne and all this stuff about all the antics they got up to but that just doesn't happen these days. No. And rightfully so. Yeah. Because some, some of the things you hear are absolutely horrible. I mean, I, w- I want to know a bit more. I'm not going to lie, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> but you also capture some of this behind-the-scenes stuff as well. Yeah. How how does that work? Are you Do you have a pass to do it, or do you just snily get the camera out and, and snap snap them, get, you know, doing vocal warm-ups? Or? Got to be careful with those kind of things. Mm. It's about finding the perfect balance. Mm. between being in your face of a camera 24-7 and trying to get all that content that man- management and label want mm. and then taking a step back and actually thinking about if you were in their position, would I want a camera in my face right now when I'm just trying to have a cup of tea by myself? Right. It's like, you know, it's it's taking a careful balance to get what management and label want but also respecting the people you work with. Yeah. Because at the very concept, you're friends here, you're all mates, mm. you're all trying to just get on with your job, you're just trying to get on with things. So if you can make it easier for each other, just do it. But when you decide that moment is right to get mm. the camera out, you've got some pretty, pretty great shots. I've seen some two-door cinema club stuff that you've done in, in dressing rooms and just out and about. And yeah, there's some there's some pretty things in there, mate. Those Yeah, those things usually happen about 20, 30 minutes before set time. Really? Yeah, because everyone's... There a lot of calm before that moment? Kind of. You, you do see the levels go up and down. You see, like, everyone kind of just chilling, and then about 10 minutes before, everyone just goes fucking mental. Everyone, <laughs> everyone picks up a beer. Everyone right, how starts, do we do like, how do, how, do we, how do we, you know, hype ourselves up for the show? Yeah, yeah. Because you do. You have, to, you have to walk on with energy at 100%. Yeah. You can't sort of warm up in right. the first four or five songs. That's what the fans need, right? Yeah. I'd love it if you could hit us with some tour stories, please, mate. Tour stories. Tour stories. The famous war, tour stories. War tour stories. You went there, man. Oh god, my twentieth birthday. That's recently. Yeah, so my twentieth. Fuck off. Uh, my twentieth <laughs> birthday was in April. It was whilst on tour. It was two days into tour, and I hadn't told anyone because I was kind of like, I don't want to make an absolute, you know, I don't want to draw all this attention to myself. I'm the new guy here. I want to try and like, you know, lay low. I don't know how they found out, but someone found out. I got a Colin the Caterpillar cake backstage, and I was like, oh, this is really sweet. They they bought me a cake. I was like, okay, cool. This is the end of it. This is, this is my birthday. This is great. This is really fun. And then halfway through the set, Kieran stops halfway and goes, where's Jordan? In front of two and a half thousand people. And I'm in the pit with my camera in front of my face. And I just take it away. I'm like, I'm here. And he goes, oh, come up, come up on stage for me. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Where are you here? Uh, this is in Nottingham. Right, okay. This is in Nottingham, Rock City. So he brought me up on stage. And then he was like, so this is Jordan he's, uh, he's touring with us and it's his 20th birthday today and uh, we want you all to sing happy birthday yes and there's a video on my phone I can send it to you happy birthday Jordan. it's two and a half thousand people all singing happy birthday yes and it's just me awkwardly trying to hug Kieran for a bit of comfort because I didn't know what to do <laughs> yeah. I was, it was a weird one of being like really cool with my mate and it was kind of like Oh yeah, this is Kieran, he's my buddy And then another one is like, Kieran please help me Trying to hug him Oh, I love that Yeah, that was the most daunting experience of my life But it's so special Oh, it's so special So special Yeah Nothing on uh, just your family doing it Around the dinner table the next year, right? Yeah, I mean This is shit, mum I think my my life peaked on my 20th birthday Everything else was going to be shit (laughs) Yeah 
I love it. Any other war, uh, war, 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 war stories? stories? <laughs> Any more tour stories? Any more uh, tour George? stories? We went scootering around Detroit at 2 a.m. Me and Jacob and, and uh, Danny. Yeah, it was 2 a.m. in Detroit. It sounds a little dubious. A little dangerous. A little do- dodgy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, probably not in the travel brochure to go to scootering around Detroit. Do you have security with you or do you just go? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, it was bus call. Bus call was 5 a.m. and we were kind of kind of drunk. We didn't know what to do. We didn't want to go to bed. <laughs> we were like little unruly teenagers sneaking out of the bus. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we've got those like Uber scooters you get in America, which are like so good. Yeah, we just Ubered, Uber scooted around Detroit for about an hour. Just went right up to the monuments and went oh, everywhere, did like a amazing. tour. And then, yeah, came back. In hindsight, so stupid. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was so good. I love it. Man, you've had some really good experiences and I'm sure you have plenty more. So I want to ask you about editing. Have you taught yourself everything you know? Yep. Because that's how I've done it. I've watched YouTube tutorials, but yeah. you, you, you seem to have a skill that is slightly beyond my reach. But you, you've, you've just got so much energy in the videos that you make, the, the way you go from shot to shot. When I found out how to do video, I was like, okay, well, first of all, I need a fucking software to use. So I downloaded Premiere Pro and I just played around with it. I made some home videos before I went out and just tried to get the basics of, of how to you know make a video, really. And the first one was just sort of sticking it and just seeing what happens and seeing where it goes. Yeah. It's, it's a difficult one. I don't, I don't really have any advice on it, but it really is just throw yourself into it. Yeah. There's, there's the best way to learn is just doing it. And do you, is your turnaround time very small? Do you have to, once you film something, do you have to deliver that quickly when you're on tour? Is that something that, that the management want? When you make a video, that video has very short shelf life. Mm. So that needs to be out the next day, like maximum. Because if you do it on the next day when another gig, it's, it's not relevant anymore. You're, you're posting a gig on a different gig day. It, you, you have to have it within that first day. So it is generally, I deliver the video by 12 p.m. the wow. following day. Oh, my God. And photography the night before. Wow. And that in, that's every step of the process, the color grading, everything, yeah. to just getting into a beautiful little social media ready yeah. package. It's a, lot, it's a lot of 5 a.m. sessions. Jesus. And what's it like when you see the reaction from these videos because you these get put out in channels that have got a massive audience mm. what's that like oh i love it it's <laughs> so great it's so great i've i've found myself now favoring sort of footage of crowds and putting it in because when you go to the comments on on those videos and stuff and you just see people commenting going oh look sally that's you and me or like jake that's you doing a backflip in the crowd at you know, 1 minute 36 at 1 minute 36 and you just see it and i was like oh f- cool it's just so it's so rewarding to see people other than your clients enjoy your video because at the end of the day they'll save that they'll save that video and they'll show all their mates and go it's more of a personal experience for them rather than you know my own personal self gain yeah which is really nice I could I think about all the jobs I've done where you just you've I've wanted my manager whoever it is to sort of just say well done or thank you Mm. you know to get some kind of gratification from my job and haven't got it and then when you're putting these videos out you get getting so many likes and and appreciate so much appreciation Mm. for it it's that's a really transparent and lovely honest way to to see how much people like it yeah it's the most satisfying job in the world I think it is so great there's two questions I, I, I like to ask my guests mm-hmm. on the show I'm going to throw this one in here now yeah. in 10 years time 
where do you see yourself? Where Ooh. would you work? You're going to have a degree under your belt. You've probably been on a lot more shows around the world. Where do you want to be? Where do you want to be? It's a big old question, mate. It is. I'm trying to work this out for myself, to be honest. I don't really have a straight answer for you. Probably working as a booking agent or something at a label. Are you dabbling in that work already? I am, yes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I work at Close Up, put on gigs up and down the country, got a roster. All yeah, that, all that lovely stuff. Yeah, yeah, all that lovely stuff. So you've got you're going in, into into new studies with so much decent experience under your belt. This is this is really promising, man. This sounds really really like you've got a well rounded load of experience with you. It is a bit calming because I, I I did go to uni for about six months at the University of Arts. You like dipping your toe in education, don't you? I just, just, just running just, out just the door, just putting it in and just <laughs> fucking off really quick. <laughs> God knows if this is going to stick. Um, yeah. But yeah, I did that for like six months. And I think the most daunting thing was going into it and seeing all these other photographers who've been doing it for years. Mm. And they've been fo- photographing like, I don't know, Gucci models and stuff like that. And they're going to all these events because they're going to fashion runway shows. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a bit daunting because you look up to them like, okay, you've got loads of experience and I've got fuck all. But I think it's been quite comforting going into the music business degree and going, okay, I actually have a backing to this. I actually have, you know, some experience. So I might, you know, be somewhat successful, I hope. <laughs> well, you, you're damn successful already, mate. Oh, stop at you. <laughs> Buy me dinner first. <laughs> Before we wrap up, Jordan, what would your advice be to someone who wants to do what you do? Oh, just be persistent. Just be persistent. I mean, I wanted to get into touring for ages. It took me about a year and a half to get into touring. And that whole process was emailing labels and managements and sending my portfolio off. I mean, the first advice is to get a portfolio as soon as you can. Get like a domain, cost a quid off, off you know, the internet for about a year. Set up a Squarespace, get all that stuff going and just send it everywhere. Send it everywhere. Because even if they say no or they don't reply, they do take your details and they do put them on file. Really? Yeah, I know they do. Because you feel like that's going to go into a potential, you know, no man's land. It is. Half of it is dumb luck, but you can increase those chances by putting yourself in that position. Yeah. And it is just levering yourself into a position where if something's going to happen, it's going to happen here. So, yeah, just send those emails, keep on sending them out, meet as many people as you can, go speak to the band after if, if you're shooting them. You know, get some business cards. So it's all about putting yourself in a position where if it's going to happen, it will happen to you. It sounds like you just need to let people know you exist yeah, and 100%. you have work and 100%. you're good and you want to work for people. It's just making yourself visible mm. to everyone. Amazing. Jordan, thank you so much, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for watching or for listening to the podcast. People do fun jobs. Jordan, if people want to follow you online, how do they do so? Oh, I'm all over, all over the internet, I think. You're a, you're a slag to the uh, social media. <laughs> uh, how do we follow you? Um, so my Instagram is at Jordan Daniel Logan. My Twitter is Jordan D. Logan. And my Facebook is just Jordan Logan. Just Jordan Logan. Jordan Logan. We love it. Thanks so much, man. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Mr. Winters. Let's go. Let's go.